Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. Hey, we are David and Tracy Sellers. And we have made before God vows to keep. If you could have met me as a maybe fifth or sixth grader, (laughs) you would have known that one of my dreams in life was to become a race car driver. And actually, in some ways, I was able to realize this, but it started long before I could ever drive. If you could picture this scene, here's little David driving around the house, broadsliding the corners of the hallways of my house, making you know, motor noises, gear changes, the whole nine yards. I can totally picture it. It's pretty charming, actually. <laughs> I remember when it was career day um, in, in sixth grade, and I remember telling my teacher that when I grew up, I wanted to be a race car driver like Michael Waltrip. And it's something I actually pursued. And by the time I was 22, I had won the state championship for stock car racing in our area. It was really the top of what could be achieved where I lived. But like many of us have experienced in our lives, there's a point in time where our dreams collide with our purpose. And not in a good way sometimes. Well, that's right. Sometimes it's not, but I have to say in my particular circumstance, it was because what happened? Well, I met Tracy Sellers. You mean Lewis. (laughs) A technicality that was later resolved over time. We did take care of that. (laughs) God had put a calling on my life to minister to marriages And that was a reoccurring thing that he had put on my heart since the time I was 13 years old. Well, I met Tracy when I was 22. And the dream of racing cars was something that suddenly I began to look at through a totally different lens. And it wasn't about Tracy. It was about following God with my life. As we talk about dreams and purpose and goals and strategy today here on Vows to Keep Radio, I want to ask you, what are the dreams you've had for your marriage? What have they been in the past? What did you start out with at the altar or even before that as you guys were dating? What were you dreaming of? Has that been fulfilled in your life? And maybe what are some of the new dreams that you have for your marriage? I see these signs in different stores and maybe on social media, you know, go after your dreams. It's on all kinds of printed material that we see. Chase your dreams, go after your dreams. And It is meant to be an encouragement. It's meant to say, hey, you can do this. Go ahead and accomplish something. But I think as believers in Jesus Christ, where where we have specific callings on our life to be on mission for Him, when we just chase after a dream without first bringing it before the Lord and seeing if it lines up with where He would take us. Yeah, because we've learned that the end does not always deliver what the beginning promises. We want all these things for ourselves. In fact, we want to do all these things. We want to have a family. We want to graduate college. We want to get a better life. Maybe there's a certain talent that you have that you feel like, if I worked really hard on this, I could fulfill this dream. And all these things have some satisfaction to them in the end. I'm a college graduate. I understand what it feels like to stand there with your diploma in your hand and you throw your hat up in the air. It's great to be able to persevere through things like that. But in the end, if our purpose is not in the right spot, whatever we put our hand to, it's going to kind of fizzle out. That's why it's so important to know your calling in your life and in your marriage. Know your purpose in your life and in your marriage, what you are meant to do versus just having a dream for something. It's the difference in believing in yourself 
and doing things for yourself and what you want versus doing things for the Lord and for him. Because honestly, David, it's really attractive to do things for me to say, hey, I'm going to put my best foot forward here and I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to work, work, work to make this happen. And look what I just did. But the sad fact of the matter is, and we've learned this ourselves from personal experience, that those really aggressive stances on trying to put you first and what you want first is not going to take you where you actually want to go. You're not going to reach the goal. We're going to flounder on the side of the road and ultimately probably choose 13 different paths at any Mm -hmm. given point where things look or feel better because that whole time we're just in pursuit of me. Now, if we know our calling, if we know our purpose from our creator, from the Lord Almighty, then we can have a hope from making the long haul. There's some verses in the Bible that talk about strengthening our feeble knees and going the next mile, but that isn't just the next mile for us. God never says to us, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstrap and just accomplish something today. No, he's very specific in what he asks us to accomplish, but our pride wants us to be able to be that pioneer spirit, to be able to do it ourselves. You know, hey, I got this. But I got to ask you a question. I'm really talking to myself today too, and I know David is as well. We are not coming to you today in a position of superiority about this topic. This is something we deal with all the time. So here's the question. When was the last time you came to the end of yourself? Well, let me tell you an example of when I came to the end of myself in my marriage, in my dieting, in my writing career. I wanted to do this. I wanted to accomplish this, maybe get to this certain weight, or maybe exercise this many times a day, or have this many dates a month with David, or write this many words. Those sometimes were just my dreams. And I ran out of me before the end of the year was out. Now, this isn't a New Year's talk, but we could look at this in a calendar year type of way. The year was not out yet, and I was already done. In fact, I sometimes run out of me before the end of the day, and I know you have too. I think that's why Jesus is so insistent and persistent in giving us his word. Like in John 15, where he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's not a message of defeat to us. In fact, that's a message of empowerment. Even if it looks like we're accomplishing something on our own, don't be deceived. It's not from ourselves. We can do nothing apart from Christ. And let me tell you, that is great news. (laughs) So we have to ask ourselves, what are our dreams? What gets us up in the morning. Besides Cinnamon Toast Crunch. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a harder question. What keeps you married to your spouse? Is it an unfulfilled dream that you've been hanging on to for 20 some years? Or is it a specific calling that God has placed in your life? Let me be very clear. If you're married, you are called to be married. But in contrast, let's say you're saving money to buy a home that's out of your price range. Maybe you're not called to buy that home. You're called to be a good steward of your money. We can find these things in God's word. But too often our dreams are things like this, where our picture in our mind for our family is a five bedroom house, this perfect image that fits in with, with what's, what's in our mind. But you know what? That might not be what God's got for your life. Because the thing about dreams is that they can take us way off course from our calling. Now, It is possible that callings and dreams can actually be the same thing, but they're definitely not always the same thing. 
Sometimes they are absolutely opposite of each other. So I have to wrestle with this question. Are my dreams and my calling in competition with each other? David, what's a good test for that? How can we know that? Well, I, I can only relay this from my own personal experience. I'm not sure this is the definitive answer, but what I usually rely on is prayer to say, Lord, if you give this to me, would this be an idol in my life that you'd have to remove from my life in order for me to actually stay on purpose with what I know is for your kingdom, not mine? Too often, what I'm looking for is something for my kingdom. And I don't think he's against giving those things to us, quite honestly. I think he's a loving heavenly father. But if I get it, will he have to remove it in order for me to actually be someone who is a faithful, obedient servant to him? I think that's a really good test. It's one that I think I need to start implementing. So thank you for that. So a long time ago, about the same time that you were dreaming of being a race car driver, David, I was dreaming about becoming a musician, a Christian artist that would influence people by songs I wrote and sang and played. Now, I was not called to be a musician, and that's pretty clear. God called me to be a teacher of his word. Now, here's the question, though. Could I do that by being a musician? Yes. Would it be wrong for me to be a musician to spread God's word? Absolutely not. I could definitely accomplish that by being a musician, but it's not the way God has specifically given me talents. Now, I have a dream of moving back to my home state someday. Is that God's call for my life? You know what? I'm going to have to pray about it. I'm going to have to see what he says. But I'm not going to chase after that dream or any other dream and put my true calling for him on the side of the road. I could do that. You know what? I could go back to school. I could spend time getting a better job so I can pay for more expensive living conditions that are actually in my home state. And when I got there, you know what would happen? I would wake up in the morning just as I would wake up in the morning where I live right now. Nothing would be different other than that I would have squandered and wasted my time, the time that God has given me to pursue him and use it to pursue what I want. Now, again, is it wrong for me to move to a different state? No, it's not wrong unless God specifically says, stay, bloom where you're planted, Tracy. I put you here, now get to work. I love the verse in the Bible that says, a soldier does not get tangled up in civilian affairs because he knows his master's orders. I want to be that soldier. And you know what? I can dream all day long. I'm actually a very intense dreamer. I'm the big vision kind of person. <laughs> Just as anybody who has spent any amount of time with me, I've always got a new idea for something. I'm a great fire starter. I'm a great, hey, let's get this going. Here's where we could go with this. It doesn't make all those dreams the right thing for me to do at the moment, though. Many of them are an absolute distraction. Let me just put in here real quick, like having a garden out back of our house. That has been a dream of mine that has been an absolute distraction. <laughs> it's been a waste of time. I have an absolute black thumb, and I just need to go to the store and buy tomatoes that someone else grew. <laughs> Well, some dreams are exactly what God has called us to do. So an example of that, well, God has really laid it on Tracy and I's heart to be on as many stations, to be spreading God's truth and God's word about marriage to as many people's hearts and homes and marriages as we possibly can. And that is a good dream to have because it lines up exactly with what God has asked us to do for his kingdom. There's this other dream of mine, and that's to become a novelist, women's Christian fiction. I've been dreaming about this since I was a little girl, planning stories in my head and then eventually writing them down. And not just to tell a story because I don't want it to stop there. I want to tell people about the ultimate story, God's love story for us as people. 
his heart for us. And sometimes that is best portrayed to others through the written word, seeing how other people handle adversity and God's sovereignty and hurt and marriage and love, and then relating it to their own lives. And now I am a published author. I took that desire that God placed in my heart, set my own fame and fortune and pride aside and pursued sharing his truth in story form. And he has honored my obedience. And now, like I say, I'm a published author. You can find out more about that on our website if you want to. But sometimes though, dreams and desires that we have can be taken to the extreme and they can cripple us or hurt us when in fact we thought they could help us. Another really practical example from my life is we live in a house that's about 22 years old. And a couple summers ago, I realized that the paint that was on the walls was from the original homeowners. It was 20 year old paint and it was only one coat. And you know what? They had kids and we have kids. So you can imagine what it looked like. It was time to paint. I love taking care of my home. It's not always clean and organized like I want it to be, but I like having a great space for my family. So I looked at my budget and I decided to go for it. I did not talk with David in depth about it. I just sort of decided this is what I'm going to do. It took me two weeks, two full weeks, morning, noon, and night to paint our house. And I really didn't even paint the whole thing. I only painted the main areas and we don't live in that big of a house, but that's how long it took me to do those coats of paint. And now that's not a waste of two weeks because I could say I was being a good steward of my home, but on the same hand, I really should have asked the Lord, do I have margin for this? Do I have physical margin? At that time, my back was really hurting. Do I have mental margin? Do I have emotional margin for this? Is this something that fits within what you've asked me to do? And sometimes it can feel like a little bit of a gray area, but if I'm working and working for pleasing God, I believe he's gonna honor that. And if I'm doing something to please myself or to impress someone else, there's gonna be some consequences to that as well. So relating this to our marriage relationships, we first think about our future spouse, even before we meet them, we've got this idea in our minds. I want to marry a man who's after God's own heart. That's something I wrote down in my journal long before I even met David, but it took me a long time to get to that point in my thought processes. First, I just wanted a guy. I just wanted to get married. I wasn't even going to be that picky about that person because I just wanted to be married, period. I know exactly what you mean. I was pretty much in the exact same boat, in fact. (laughs) And maybe as I'm looking back, maybe that's the reason I was able to secure the first date with you, right? The bar was really, really low. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you were way out of my league. (laughs) But God worked on my heart to use my dreams so that they lined up more with his. He helped me to be more discerning about what kind of spouse would be ideal for me. And then I met David and my dreams for our life began to take shape. My dreams for how he would treat me and how we would raise our children together began to take shape. Some of those things over the years have gotten out of whack and I've had to readjust my priorities, readjust what I consider to be quote unquote enough. Is it enough to have the Lord even when David doesn't treat me well? And this is such a legitimate question because we married sinners. I'm inevitably going to go through seasons of failure in my life time and time again. I'm going to rely on God's grace to bring me back from it. And the same is true for you. You inevitably are going to go through seasons of difficulty, seasons where sin seems to dominate our actions and behavior. And where the rubber meets the road is when we realize that our life is not made complete because this other person has performed perfectly in every situation like Jesus Christ. No, our life is made complete because we know Jesus Christ. And in fact, he's put a purpose in our lives for our spouse's good. We are on mission to be his hands and feet in their lives. 
Will I feel like I have enough if I can never have children, if I continue to miscarry babies? Is the Lord going to be my ultimate purpose and calling? And is David going to be the cherry on top? So I asked you this at the beginning of the broadcast. I'm going to ask you again, what are your dreams for your marriage? What were they and how have they changed over the years? Maybe you've even stopped dreaming about what your marriage could be like. You could say that a dream is kind of similar to a desire. A dream is a desire for something to be different. But a dream, like David said earlier, can turn into an idol, something that controls us if we're not careful. To be honest, dreams change because sometimes people let us down. Your dream about what your marriage would be like is probably very different now because your spouse hasn't met your expectations and vice versa. That's why we have to know our calling in our marriage because the dreams, they shift and they change and they run out of steam and so will we. Calling always drives us forward. Your true purpose and mission, understanding that and reviewing it often is going to be the fuel in your tank and help you put the pedal to the metal in your marriage. It's going to be what drives you down the road and gets you to the next place in your marriage where in fact, a new dream might just take place. A new dream might emerge from you staying on mission and being on purpose with your calling in your marriage. God has given us specific purposes in our marriage. It's just not hard to figure out when we spend time in God's word. So let's think about that for just a minute. If you could answer these questions mentally right now, do so. What has God called you to do in your marriage? If you need a couple days to think about it, then take a couple days to think about it and write down your answers, what you find in God's word. It's kind of like when you are starting out a business or you're looking at your church's mission statement or vision statement. Think about this. A nonprofit is only going to make the visible steps down the road to helping others if everybody's on the same page and they're on the same page with God as well. What is God's purpose for placing you within this marriage? First of all, you are called to be in this marriage if you are married to this person. God does not have another marriage for you that's better for you somewhere else besides the one he's currently placed you in. Now, I know that some of you are in a divorce situation, a remarried, a widowed situation, all kinds of different scenarios happening. We're not here to judge you or place condemnation on you. The marriage you're currently in is the marriage God has called you to be in. Make no mistake, God does not want you to get divorced to your spouse and go find someone else. Stay married to the person you're married to right now. That's one of God's calls on your marriage. He's called you also to be a good steward within your marriage. He's given you many talents, so to speak, within your relationship. He's given you a love that goes beyond what you're capable of for your spouse. The love that comes from him and him alone, because we will run out of love for our spouses. There will be a day where you're going to wake up and you're not going to have any romantic feelings for your spouse whatsoever that day. And that's why it's so important to know God's calling, to know And remember and remind yourself of God's covenant of love to you and your covenant of love to your spouse. And that's not based upon feelings. If you don't take anything else away today, think about this. Your feelings will run out, but love and action for your spouse never runs dry. We are called to love our spouses, not only in word, but in action and in truth. It says in 1 John, when you stood at the altar saying your vows, what you were truly vowing to do was to choose to love your spouse through action because you can't vow a feeling. Feelings come and go just like dreams, but your vows are possible to keep if you know the purpose of your marriage. What are the other talents that God has given you to use within this relationship? He's given you his word to read and memorize, to 
plant and to water and to harvest in order to bless your spouse and your family. Thank the Lord he's given us this Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to be our helper, to be our comforter, so that we can help and comfort our spouse. We are called to love our spouse selflessly, to consider them more important than ourselves. You know what? That came up just this very morning in our marriage relationship. You were called to speak the truth in love. You were called to forgive. You were called to live out the fruit of the Spirit. You were called to leave a legacy, to grow closer to God and your spouse. To love her, fellas, like Christ loved the church. To lay not only our lives down, but our cell phones, our, our schedules, our agendas, so that we would actually be focused on our bride. And ladies, to submit to your husband. If you notice, all these things put into action give you your dream, the dream of what your marriage could be like in the hands of a living God. David and I recently got off of our calling and more focused on the dreams that we hadn't prayed about. Have you been there lately? In our case, we took a day away from it all to really reset our thinking. And it wasn't time that we were planning on just being all lovey-dovey. I mean, yes, that's a, a great and wonderful thing. But it was a time that we set up to know we were going to be doing business with God on and about our lives. Business with each other. Time spent to reset. How do we get back on track and how do we keep getting back on track when we get off again? Well, first, it takes a lot of humility to say, you know what? I was pursuing that and that might not have actually been the thing that God had asked me to pursue. I need to pursue him. I need to chase and pursue you. And I need to lead and love my family with a Christ-like love. Those are the things that God's asked me to do, and those are the things that aren't happening right now. So it takes humility, and then we also prayed about it together. We forgave. We reassessed. We talked about our purpose in our dreams and our purpose in our calling and saw, hey, do these actually line up? We reset the compass with God's help, and now we're back on the right track again. But that doesn't ensure that we'll never get off track again. Dreams and desires sometimes can pull us away from what God has for us. So we're going to stumble again, I'm sure of it. But there is hope, hope that doesn't come in the form of having a dream and chasing after what I want in the moment. That is not hope. That is devastation. But when I chase after God and ask him, what is your calling for me right in this moment? What is your calling for me in my marriage? How can I pursue you, Lord, and get to know you better and pursue my spouse and pour into them? That's when I start to see the dreams for my marriage come to fruition. Lord, we pray today, how can we glorify you and not ourselves? God, we humbly ask you to show us where we're off track. Give us a new vision of the calling that you've placed on us. Remind us of what you've already given to us. God, I pray in our marriages, you'd show us the talents that you've placed within us so that we can invest in your kingdom and bring that harvest to pass, not for us, Lord, but for you. God, I thank you for not making this marriage arbitrary, making it something that's ambiguous, that we don't understand. God, thank you for making it clear to us, the purpose in our marriage. And I pray that you would even sharpen that clarity so that we can be on mission together. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to close with this thought. Does your dreams bring you into more conformance with the image of Christ? Because seeking God in your purpose, well, that will always bring you there. Let that be the test of whether your dreams are something you should follow or not. I may never get back into stock car racing, but Lord willing, something like that wouldn't be a distraction that would prevent me from fulfilling my purpose. 
Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, he writes his desires on our hearts, specifically so that we can partner with him to bring a God-sized love to a world that desperately needs it. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. Like what you heard today on Vows to Keep Radio? Listen to more life-changing broadcasts at VowsToKeep.com. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.